going on, guys? Welcome back to the New Look NBA Podcast. This is Jack, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt. What's good? And uh, it is currently Monday, November 12th, and uh, we had some big news going on in the NBA with the Jimmy Butler trade, and the saga of Jimmy Butler in Minnesota is finally over. The drama is over. Finally. No matter how entertaining it was. I feel like we've talked about it, like the past like five podcasts. Yeah. There's something new There's every time. There's always been something, yeah. They're yeah. probably the most entertaining in the NBA in some way, shape, Yeah, and like form. the biggest train wreck. <laughs> like between them... <laughs> And, like, the Wizards struggling and the Lakers, like, who knows what's going on with them. Like, infinite entertainment so far in the NBA season. So that's good. But that's finally over. A kind of shocking trade to me. I don't know about you, but I hadn't heard Philadelphia and the trade talks at all for Jimmy Butler. I'd heard yeah. Houston. I'd heard Miami. You know, the whole apparently Pat Riley calling Thibodeau an MFer. You know, like, I heard that. But I didn't hear anything about the 76ers. So it came as a bit of a surprise to me when uh, Woj dropped a Woj bomb. And, you know, you got to believe it when he drops it. That, um... The 76ers had acquired Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton. For those who care about Justin Patton, I do not. But <laughs> <laughs> they received Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton, and uh, Minnesota got Dario Saric, you know, good stretch four. Robert Covington, great 3 and D player. Jared Bayless, kind of just a throw-in, you know, whatever. Caught, made the contracts worked, and a future second-round pick. And uh, when I saw that, I was at first like, oh, okay, good. That's a good trade, you know, and both teams seem to have won. But now that I think about it a little bit more, I'm kind of thinking – what was Minnesota doing? Like, I feel like this doesn't fit their timeline of future, like, goals. It's more of a win-now move, more of a Thibodeau-type move where he wants to win. He has yeah. no – and you know as a Bulls fan, like, Thibodeau is not the kind of guy who wants to set up for the future. He wants to win right now. He wants to make the playoffs now, even if it means getting eliminated in the first round or, you know, being a 45-win team and not making it. So uh, what was your opinion on this, the trade in general? Well, honestly, I feel like it's a compromise of, of those beliefs of, like, winning now and for the future. Okay. Dario Saric is young, and he's going to get better, and he seems, you know, he seems pretty, po- you know, poised. Yeah. And um, Robert Covington, you know, he's been a grinder. In some ways, he has a lot of similarities to Jimmy Butler just from coming into the league, not really a shooter, and being this, you know, big defender, um, you know, his... Sh- you know, work into a three and D player has, you know, made has made him a really, yeah, him. really yeah. good NBA player. Yeah. And another thing that I was kind of, you know, I'm kind of crapping on Minnesota a little bit with their uh, decision to go with it. Cause I personally would have taken the four first, first round picks from uh, Houston. But another thing about Robert Covington is he's on a tiny contract. It's like a four year, $47 million contract or something like that. That's yeah. nothing in today's NBA. So, I mean, you have him locked down for another four years. Oh, as long, or uh, yeah, what am I trying to say? as well as Dario Saric, who um, is young, a good stretch for, and he'll fit pretty well alongside Carl Anthony Towns, I would say, oh, just floor yeah. spacing. So that's another good yeah, move. That's another thing. Um, with Dario Saric being a three-point shooter, Robert Covington, great three-point shooter, uh, he was, I think, in the top five of the NBA last year. Yeah, he was in percentages. is very, uh, you know, slept on. And he's on my fantasy team and hits three a game. So, I mean, that's very solid. And uh, But, you know, with... They're shooting, and then Carl uh, Anthony Town shooting. You know, Andrew Wiggins is a decent shooter, not great. Yeah, he's not a shooter, and but I mean, he can spread comes it out back, a little bit. You know, he's a, a good three-point shooter. They have a lot of spacing. I mean, so. hell, Derrick Rose hit seven threes a couple yeah. days ago. I mean, he's having yeah. a career resurgence. So I mean, we were talking Definitely about this a little very bit before. About it. Yeah, talking about this a little bit before with the amount of shooters you could have on the court with Towns being a forty percent three-point shooter. You know, when he's when he's wanting to play, you know, he's a 40% three-point shooter. Covington's a great three-point shooter. Sarge is shooting bad right now, but I mean, 
if he gets back to his average, that he's a great happens with a lot shooter. of European young shooters, Yeah, they, they get a little bit of a slump, no. you know. I think he'll figure it out. So you have all that floor spacing. It gives Derrick Rose, who's having a resurgence, more uh, operating mo- room to get to the paint. Carlton Towns, who can post up more room and or to kick it out to an open shooter. And so, and I also think it will kind of motivate Andrew Wiggins a little bit, being like, okay, I'm now officially the number two option on this team again. Yeah. Like, because I think when Jimmy Butler was there, it really made Andrew Wiggins like the super odd man out. Where one, it, they didn't seem to get along at all, but also it's like he is the third option. Like, whether you put Towns or Butler as the number one option, no matter what, Wiggins is definitely the third option. I think it kind of killed his psyche a little bit, being that he was the number one player in high school, number one pick, and now he's the yeah. third player on a team that's not even that great. So, I mean, I just think that that kind of affected Wiggins. So, if we don't see the best version of Wiggins coming up soon, then I think he just doesn't have it, to be honest. Yeah. So No, I definitely agree. Yeah. So, now to the uh, team that got the biggest player in Jimmy Butler, Philadelphia. And um, Philadelphia had really high expectations coming into the season, being that they, you know, they have two all-NBA caliber players and probably the best center in the league right now with Cousins being out. And even if Cousins is healthy, people still might say Embiid is the best center in the league just because his uh, defensive ability. But you have that team that everyone expected to do really big things this year, and they're only eight and six, third in the East. You know, not terrible. Season's just begun, so I mean, things can, things can happen. But they added an All NBA player and a great closer like Jimmy Butler. And um, how do you think that'll affect their Eastern Conference standings? Right now, they're third behind the Raptors and the Bucks. And uh, do you think they're going to move up, or what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I think that they're going to be either right at um, the Bucks level or right above. I think that they might shift the Bucks down because of, you know, matchups throughout the season, right. you know, those extra couple games and um but yeah, I just think that with the Raptors being 12 and 1, you know, I can't really say anything it's hard to hate them. on them. Yeah, because yeah, we haven't seen any like adversity yet. Yeah. They've been just been smoking teams, so. So, even even though I don't necessarily think that on paper their team is the most powerful, you know, I do think that the the Raptors still sh- deserve to you know, hold the number one spot. I'm gonna give them the uh, the transferred Spurs love. You know, and For like that kind of sleeper. Sleep, yeah, you can't sleep on the Spurs. Kawhi. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So I think that with the 76ers, that I mean, just adding Jimmy Butler gives them three All Stars, three All NBA type players. You know, but also I think that it gives them another closer because Ben Simmons isn't a shooter. You know what I mean? Like he's not yeah. a scorer. He's a distributor, he gets to the lane, he's a slasher, but when it came down to the end of the game, it was really just Embiid trying to make it happen, trying to make it work. And and also J.J. Redick, who, you know, you want to rely on J.J. Redick. I mean, he's a great, you know, spot-up shooter coming around screens and stuff like that, but you don't want him as yeah. your closer. And he's been working beautifully, so I think that him now having another Ben Simmons, you know, playmaker, yeah. you know, that's just going to open up so many more shots. Like, in a previous podcast, we talked about how Butler has had, like, five assists a game, like, every season. You know, he's... he's Yeah, he's he's, he's kind of an underrated ball mover. Like, yeah. people think of him as kind of like a ball stopper, like, dribbles too much and yeah. takes ISO shots. But, I mean, he's not an unwilling passer. Like, he will yeah. pass the ball. So, that's another thing. So, I just think that um, on paper, with the amount of talent they have, Philly's a top-two team. But another, like, sleeper you have is the Celtics. People all thought, you know, Celtics going to make the finals. They're struggling right now. But if they can put it all together, just the amount of talent they have is definitely, you know, top three. So I think I could definitely see the 76ers going to the Eastern Conference Finals. And, you know, once you get to that point, it's a toss-up. You know, anything yeah. can happen in a series. But I wouldn't pick them as my favorite right now, but I would definitely say, you know, top two. But obviously we haven't seen 
these teams play. We haven't seen them yeah. on the floor together. We don't know how it's going to work. But, I mean, I think the sky's the limit in terms of just all-star caliber talent on a team in the East. And they have they have so much defense on Philly. I mean, when you Length. have Simmons and Embiid, yeah, both of them are so so long and strong for their positions. And then same with uh, with Butler. He was a two and a three. Yeah. You know, if he's playing two, then he's a massive two. You know, if he's and, a three, he's just a normal three. Yeah, you know, exactly. obviously he's not like LeBron, Bill, but I mean he's, I mean he's just like yeah, Covington. He's, he's probably much. the average NBA weight in, you know, yeah, in height. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, their yeah. defense can be scary. I don't know, you know, I don't know where they rank right now in terms of before Butler, but I know adding Jimmy Butler will not hurt them at all on yeah. the defense. Yeah, and it's get, also going to add to their fast break which is going to be big because him being able to push the offense is going to allow for even J.J. Redick to get more uh, more threes. Yeah, more threes in transition, yeah. you know, things like that. Yep. And there will definitely be more alley-oop opportunities with uh, a late trailing Embiid as well. Yeah, 76ers could be dangerous. Like I said, right now they're 8-6. and six. It'll be curious to see what will happen um, like over the next 15 games. We see a big win streak or maybe they struggle to come together at first. You never know. I mean, be interesting to see also how uh, Jimmy Butler's attitude changes because we know that he's kind of, kind of th- things didn't end that well when he was in Chicago, you know, with players on the team. And then obviously yeah. Minnesota is even worse that you know things didn't end very well with Jimmy Butler's mindset and kind of attitude towards other players. So it'll be interesting to see how two alphas and Embiid and Jimmy Butler coexist. I think they'll probably get along pretty well because they're the same kind of guy. Yeah. But I could also see you know a butting of heads when. Maybe Embiid doesn't get the amount of touches he wants in the fourth quarter, and you know that he goes on Twitter and tweets about it because that's the kind yeah. of thing Embiid does. So, be interesting to see how that all works out. But now we're gonna move on to Carmelo Anthony, another story that just doesn't fail to provide. You know, like there's always something with Carmelo Anthony. Uh, according to Woj, which, like I said, if Woj says it, it's true. Um, players on the Rockets believe that Melo has played his last game with Houston. Which is crazy. We're only ten games in. You yeah. know, you know he's only played ten games. Uh, the Rockets are five and seven, but like I said, Melo has missed the past couple with illness, and I put that in quotation marks because you know we know he's not truly sick. Yeah. So um, right now, Carmelo Anthony's averaging ten points a game off the bench, forty percent shooting from the field, and sixty-eight percent from the free throw line, which are all career lows for Carmelo Anthony. And uh, I pass the question on to you. What team do you think Melo should go to? Is there any team that you think he fits into or can provide that spark for or anything like that? Well, definitely right off the bat, there's an opening spot at the power forward position in Philly because now Dario Saric is gone. So I didn't we, even think about that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if we want, uh, you know, if they want to get some extra offense and, you know, and get him for a minimum contract, I definitely, I don't, think that Carmelo Anthony is just a sieve on defense you know I don't think that he's good on defense but I think that his rebounding is actually underappreciated yeah he's averaging five a game right now and I mean he's barely playing off the bench is probably honestly near a low for him I feel like he's always been around like seven yeah no no definitely strong I mean he's a big dude and he plays in the low post so I mean but putting him next right. to Clint Capella and also a good rebounder in Harden, you know, that can yeah, lower definitely. your numbers. But I definitely think that he could be solid in Philly. So that's a, you know. One a, little idea that he yeah. could go. I didn't even think about that, to be honest. And that makes sense now with them losing Dario Saric, you know, they're going to need another power forward. I think they might have Wilson Chandler fill in for a little bit. But, I mean, I don't know if Melo is necessarily the answer, but it won't hurt having a veteran you know, who can shoot and can play that 3-4 position because, you know, probably more of a 4 now because he's just not quick enough yeah. to be a 3 anymore. 
That's not a, not a bad idea. And then last one, and I think this one's on your mind. I think that the Lakers are an option, but I think it comes with a caveat. I think that if he goes to the Lakers and it doesn't work because he's with the best player in the world, LeBron James, you are put in a position where you're seen as no longer viable. Completely. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like he's already got so much heat on him from everyone. You yeah. know, playing for New York that has put him in a a cloud of judgment, know, of judgment <laughs> yeah. like pressure. D Rose for now. It's you know, I, I don't even know ten years. Yeah, you know that he's had all this talk. You know. Yeah, you know, he's not ever going to He's be not as good as he once yeah. was. He won't be get back to his so, old level. Yeah. I definitely think all that kind of talk will come into play and if he doesn't succeed. I know what you mean cuz if you if he goes to the Lakers, which I was going to bring this up like you were saying that uh both LeBron James and Dwayne Wade have endorsed him publicly on Twitter saying that like don't put this all on Melo like the Houston struggles isn't just Carmelo's fault like stop blaming yeah, it on him. Yeah, scapegoat. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, maybe he goes to the Heat, maybe he goes to the Lakers to join, you know, one of his best friends and LeBron or Dwayne Wade, but like you were saying, if he does go to the Lakers, for one, he's in L.A., so people want them to succeed anyway, yeah. so that's tons of pressure. And if he comes there and they randomly go on a five-game losing streak, they're going to blame Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. And if he goes there and doesn't play well, they're going to say, you can't play alongside LeBron James, the guy who makes his teammates better and, like, is your best friend. Like, you can't yeah, exactly. you can't find – so they'll officially say, all right, you're officially washed. Like, you're not good anymore. So that's another thing. And also, I just think if he was to go to the Lakers – he would want minutes. He would want you know, substantial minutes. That's just how Carmelo Anthony is. He still yeah. thinks of himself as Carmelo. Especially being in L.A., a big market where, you know, Yeah, he's, he wants to shine. He, yeah, wants, exactly. him, he wants to do him, which he is, wants, you know, which is fine. You know, you're not going to ever lose that mentality when you were, you know, a former all-time great. I mean, he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. That's how good Carmelo Anthony was. But um, you go to that team, and the Lakers are already having rotation problems with having too many players to put in. So yeah. you add Carmelo Anthony to the mix, it's like, where are you going to find these minutes? You're going to take him from Lonzo, who is a young player that you want to give minutes to. You're going to take it from you know, Tyson Chandler, who's been a great addition to their team and helping the backcourt. It's just – I'm sorry, the front court. So uh, it's just been tough to figure out where he could go. I mean, I joked about him maybe going to the Warriors and just picking up at the end of the bench and giving them you know, eight minutes a game and getting, yeah. a, and getting a ring that he hasn't had before, which I wouldn't be that surprised if it happened. You that know? would be funny. But I don't, I don't know. I feel like Melo wants to go somewhere where he can play and – prove to the you know the haters and the doubters that he still got it but i mean in all honesty i just don't think he I has got, it anymore. i got another one too um and i don't think this one will happen because of how well they're performing but the raptors i've yeah. always seen the raptors as being like the rockets in some way i feel like they're always trying to make a move yeah they're yeah, yeah. i mean uh masai ujiri is a great gm yeah, exactly. he's the kind of guy who takes risks i mean he took a risk trading you know one of the all-time great raptors and demar Derozan for Kawhi Leonard on a one-year contract yeah, who's coming off an injury. An injury yeah. yeah, so it's like he takes those risks and he wants to win. So, I mean, if he sees that as an opportunity to make the team better, he might go for it. But at the same time, I think them being 12-1, and one, they might just say, like, yeah. you know, let's just keep, keep it going. Things are working out. We don't want to throw a wrench in right now. That could be Carmelo Anthony. So it could go either way. But that's just uh, some NBA news, some NBA drama, you might say, some uh, new movements in the NBA, little power dynamic shift, especially in the East where things are getting tough. You know, the East is no longer a cakewalk. I, I hear people say that all the time. You know, the, the East yeah. is way easier. But, I mean, the top teams in the East are real deal, like, difficult. I mean, obviously they're not the Warriors. But, I mean, between the Celtics, the Bucks, the 76ers, and the Raptors, those are, like, four really good teams. So, yeah. I mean, the East is no longer uh, a joke in the NBA, no longer a laughing stock. Yeah, they're finally 
you know. Starting to even out a little bit, especially because the West, everyone's beating up on each other. You know, you have the Warriors, obviously, who have a great record, number one. But then after that, you know, everyone's right around the 500 mark after them, you yeah. know, even in the West. So, season's just now kicking off. You know, we're going to try to make a little bit more of these, especially when um, new news comes out, like, you know, big-time trades and things like that. But, you know, we try to keep it once a week, sometimes twice a week. Um, follow us on Instagram if you haven't. No Look Pod on uh, Instagram. We post a lot of things. You know, we got 1,200 followers on there, so... Slowly keeping that grind up. Uh, listen to this on Apple, you know, iTunes podcast. We have put it on YouTube. So uh, subscribe if you haven't. All those things, and I'll catch you later. See ya. See ya. Mm, I'm riding up uptown. I'm a fucking monster. monster, monster.